0: The Shadow of the Girl Before I came to work for him, I heard he'd been changing his home help every alternate day or as often as he could get replacements. Most people couldn't tolerate his obsessions. He pays well and as long as you give him exactly what he wants and I mean exactly, he leaves you alone to do it. That works for me. But there's no doubt about it as nutters go, he's an A triple plus. His tea must be precisely so. At precisely so o'clock. His rice must always be served in the same dish. If you put it in another dish, he'll lose his rag. The curries can't be too spicy or too bland and are made as per a formula. Everything is measured in grams. No, I'm not joking. There's a precision scale worthy of a science lab in my kitchen. How his clothes are washed, dried, clipped on the laundry line, ironed and put away. Every step matters in everything. The order in which his bed linen is changed. For instance, if muddled, can throw him out for weeks. I run his life because no one else has ever adapted so perfectly to his needs. It probably means I am part nutter myself, though I am not in his league. I can be sociable. I go to the movies. I chat with folks when I am out. But never, never, never about him. They all pump me, for he's sufficiently an oddball for them to be inquisitive. I ignore them. They see it as loyalty and think it's highly commendable of me. They can think whatever they like. He's a wealthy man, and he rewards me well to follow his protocols. So it's worth my while to satisfy him. Let me correct that. It's well worth my while. Over the years, I've learned to navigate through his minefields. But I'm always on alert that he hasn't planted a new one. Yet, I've never seen anything like this last year. And considering how it's panned out, I hope never again either. He was out on the patio, watching the sun go down. I was laying the table, checking the alignments with a foot rule. I heard someone banging on the garden gate and I hurried out. It couldn't have been 30 seconds. But by the time I got there... He was standing up and inviting her in to sit on the patio with him. I'm pretty sure my jaw parted company with the rest of my face. I had to be hallucinating. But when I looked again, he was still polite and welcoming and smiling graciously. I'd never seen him smile in 12 years. I don't even remember what her initial inquiry was. I was in such a state of shock. But in only minutes, wine was offered and accepted, and I had to get moving. The protocols were busted wide open. I was in uncharted territory, and anything could have set him off. I had to work by instinct and my twelve years of knowledge of his ways. Yet I didn't know how I was to avoid giving offence. She was a looker, I grant you that, whatever her other shortcomings. In her early 30s, I'd have guessed. Past the first bloom of youth, but coming into a mature prime. Clad in a demure sari, she somehow made it look juicy. A long blouse, high necked and all enveloping, but delineating a tidy figure. Swelling breasts that made their presence felt through multiple layers of cloth. Tight little waist and gently rolling hips. Her hair was tucked up in a bun and clipped fiercely. But it revealed a slender neck like the tender stalk of a new young plant. She was unbelievably sexy while trying to be severe. I could feel her magnetism too. But the way he toppled is completely without precedent. She stayed for dinner, and I dished up, beside myself with worry about the tantrum that might ensue. But he was most amenable. She talked right through the meal, scraping her cutlery over her plate and slurping her food from her spoon, all things that, just that afternoon, ...would have thrown him into a flaming fury. But his gentlemanly etiquette... ...couldn't have been faulted by Miss Manners herself. She left... ...after dinner and a leisurely cognac... ...but not before an appointment had been fixed... ...for the next day. I drove her back... ...since it was late. When I returned... ...he was tearing his wardrobe apart... The bed was covered with discarded suits that hadn't received his favour in living memory. I aired them and brushed them in rotation every week, but he was never involved in the proceedings. They were of the highest quality fabric, stitched by the best clothiers, and his figure hadn't changed at all, so they'd still fit perfectly. They were thrown higgledy-piggledy on his bed, as if he was shopping for used clothes at a charity shop. The riot started the next day. I picked her up that morning and every morning after that. They spent the days together at home, outside, visiting various places in the countryside, eating at fancy restaurants, shopping at high-end boutiques and jewellery shops. For her, of course, he didn't buy a thing for himself silk shirts, ties, pocket squares, monogrammed handkerchiefs, jackets, shoes and socks that only I had ever touched came parading majestically out of his wardrobe. And for all that anyone could see he was old enough to be her grandfather, that seemed never to have crossed his mind. Summer had entered rampant into his soul, where till now only winter had rained. I was required to organise flowers, wrap gifts, learn fancy dinner napkin foldings, present MasterChef quality meals and extend myself in every direction. I was a genie, making wishes come true. Even with Google and YouTube to my rescue, I was barely keeping my head above water. What was most astounding was that he was accepting, even forgiving of misdemeanors. This was so incomprehensible, I don't know how to get you to understand. The same man who would have had a screaming fit if his pillowcase was removed before the bedsheet, or if green or yellow clothes clips were used on a blue shirt on the laundry line, now tossed off fairly muscular slip-ups without comment. I was chef. Chauffeur, Grand Facilitator and General Factotum. So ferrying them around extended my normal working hours. Plus, those suits now require daily attention. The dry cleaner had to be visited regularly with piles of silk shirts. Gourmet food hall started laying down red carpets for me. And the florist would have stayed open 24 hours had we desired it. He flooded her with designer clothes, bags, shoes, jewellery and an expensive car in a sunny yellow. She moved out of her small hotel into a megabucks apartment, fully furnished at his cost and to his taste. But there was no hanky-panky with the girl. He never visited her in the home he paid for and wherever they were at 11.30pm, he would rise to his feet and bowing slightly at the waist in a right gentlemanly manner, announced that it was late and that I would see her home safely. I simply couldn't comprehend what about her had captured him. She was the brassiest little money-grabber i ever come across. She made no pretense. She was in it for the pickings. But it was his money she was grabbing for. And if he wanted to shovel it her way, as he so plainly did, who was I to object? And I have to acknowledge, he wasn't necessarily the loser in the transaction. For I'd never seen him happier. Fulfilled, laughing, busy, purposeful. Though the purpose itself was trash, in my opinion. Still... If happiness is the goal of life, as all the sages tell us, she gave it to him in spades. It lasted exactly 89 days. On the morning of the 90th day, I arrived to pick her up, as always, only to discover that she had decamped. A mover's truck had come in at midnight. Immediately after I dropped her back, And everything had been bundled into it. Including all the clothes, jewels and designer stuff he'd gifted her. Furniture, white goods and other gigors he'd set up in the luxury apartment. And they'd driven off into the sunrise in the sunny yellow car. Perfect timing. No forwarding address. Mobile switched off. Gone. I thought I'd have a basket case on my hands. But he's made of sterner stuff. Every appearance was that he'd slipped back into his old routine. But nothing was really the same. The shift was small. No one on the outside may have discerned it. But his eyes were duller, his back less erect, his enjoyment in the perfection of my arrangements less acute cannot express my grief when I saw him correct the order of some pens deliberately left askew by me without so much as a reproachful glance in my direction. I watched him address his trauma and deal with it in his own unique way. And we would have got through it in time if it hadn't been for the bloody interfering neighbours. The backlash was over the top. So an old man got suckered. So what? To him it was a fair exchange. Money for pleasure. To her, she played the game and disappeared with the loot. I was more than fairly compensated for my efforts. Plus the excitement of raising my game and not being found lacking. And the not to be discounted pleasure of seeing him happy for a change. And we were the three principal players. No one else should have mattered. But the neighbourhood went on a sniggering spree. I had to screen him, so I became the butt of the anger. Chalk designs and rude words were painted on the pavement in front of our house. Someone hung a black wreath on our front door as if we'd had a bereavement. It became almost impossible to function. Everywhere I went, there'd be floods of ugly remarks. A week passed, and a month, and two months, and three. But the invective showed no abatement. I didn't know he was even aware of any of this. I certainly didn't say. But one morning, he informed me he'd decided to shift. Out of town. I was aghast. For a man like him to voluntarily embrace disruption and change, it was unthinkable. It has been months and the two of us are still finding our groove in this new place. But I felt we were slowly limping back to normalcy. And now, today, in the supermarket, I noticed some pointing and nudging and whispering and I strongly suspect the story has followed us. I'm damned if I can do anything to scotch the rumours. I don't hold out any hope that this lot of neighbours will be any less obnoxious than the last lot. And I don't think he can survive the trauma of another move. I can't help wondering How long and dark a shadow that wretched girl is going to cast...